0: You are listening to Mark Hatmaker Rough and Tumble Raconteur. This is a grab bag of old-school Western martial arts, resurrected indigenous ways and empirical musings tinged with a heavy dose of respect, admiration, let's call it hero worship for these hosses of yore. Crew, this is Mark Hadamaker coming to you from the Comancheria. Before we get into today's little uh, essay, little sermon, a little expostulation here, let's uh, let me cover a couple of things with you that will be timely only for this week. Uh, I'll be heading out on a little bit of sun and surf adventuring from the second uh, uh, through the eleventh. So, uh, by all means, any uh, queries, any correspondence. Uh, any orders, you're welcome to do all that in any of that time. But I am notorious for not checking phones or screens whenever I'm doing away time. So uh, please, patience during that time. I trust as soon as I get back, I'll hand it all ASAP uh, and I'll get right back to you. Also with that said, as you know, when we have had the, we started up the new site, the Black Box Warehouse site, it is all up and running and good to go. But we've had some uh, emails that have fallen through the crack and we're addressing that problem right now. So if by any chance you've contacted me, oh, let's say in the past 10 to 14 days, uh, we think most of them have come through. We've addressed them all, but if for some reason you felt like uh, you've uh, not received a response and you felt like you deserved one, my apologies for that. It might have mean it's fallen through the cracks. Feel free to hit me again, and uh, I'll get it because uh, we do. Uh, we talk to each and every single one of you, and I appreciate that. All right, now down to the sermon. Uh, I'm going to uh, speak softly on this. i will get to why I'm saying softly in a moment. Our topic is Comanche The Five Deathbed Regrets, and Spin and Tires. This comes from, uh, we have a whole lot of our materials about the physical aspects of uh, uh, training, but we also need to take care of the internal side of the warrior. And this is an extract from one of our upcoming training programs, which is called TSA, the Plains Warrior Internal Game for the 21st Century Mind. And the first question is, I should say TSA is... uh, Comanche word, it's always shouted, and I'm, re- I'm not going to shout it for the remainder of this. It should be shouted even much louder than that iteration I just gave you. And uh, I'm going to back off on that so we're not blowing your ears out each and every single time. So, me speaking it nice and calmly in dulcet tones is not the way it's supposed to be done. It's always a shout. So, the question is Mark, what exactly it's a. Uh, it's a Comanche warrior word or concept that broadly means ready. Uh, again, always with an exclamation mark, probably two or three of them. And the second question is, why do you always hit it with an exclamation mark? Well, uh, it's a good question. It's because the word is always meant to be emphatic. It's shouted at the environment and circumstances will permit uh, and uh, always accompanied by a gesture. An emphatic use of the body that marries the physical with the word with the cognitive intention. So, uh, you know, it's shouted pre, uh, pre-adventuring, pre-cliff jump, pre-battle, pre-ambush. Uh, and if that doesn't permit it at least, a big emphatic use gesture with the hand or uh, a big upward uh, thrust of the chin from the head. There's such tripling of language with the word, the intention, and action is common in indigenous thought. It's thought to better prime the organism for action and not merely be more drippings of unfulfilled words from our mendacious mouths, all right? We, we all just talk and talk all the time. Look, I'm the pot calling the kettle black here, but we've got to make sure that we're always moving to the action. So having action in the word is it's kind of key in, in such thought. Now, I found my own adoption of this language tripling is mighty vivifying. Uh, tsa is not merely a stand-in for our version of the word ready. Tsa implies an attitude of next, or let's see what's over that hill, or here's good, but I will endeavor to make my next step even better, and the next one after that, even better, and so on and so forth. Now, the opposite of this would be downstream living, and that living is would be with an lowercase l if we were reading this, Uh, the opposite of the Comanche is to be called Tinoa, which uh, literally translates to people who stay downstream. Now, yeah, it can refer literally to those who stay in base camp, but conceptually it's more uh, along the lines of, well, he never tries to see around the next bend, or she always waits to find out, but finding out is out there, it's not here. On the surface, that may sound esoteric, but your own personal experience can easily verify this. I mean, it's the difference between imagining the sexual act or reading about the sexual act or viewing the sexual act on screens, but never actually having the full-bore immersive five-sense experience of what is being discussed. I mean, we all know what the other's talking about. We all may be camped out on some portion of the river when we're talking about sex, but the downstream lovers will never know what the upstream real-life experience is. Upstream is where it's at. You're doing it right. Now, see, descriptors are just are stand-ins. Descriptors never stand on their own. Next portion. Once upon a time. A warrior saw is never resting on laurels. Uh, phrases such as, I used to, or one time I. In Sa thought, Sa philosophy, these statements are equivalent to saying, I used to be interesting, inquisitive, adventurous, but no more. I used to be was considered a shameful utterance to a warrior. It is what you are now. And uh, that's what you're says to be in the next second, the next minute, ne- next step that carried the to- totality of the warrior's presence. It's not what we were, but it's what we are at the moment and what we intend to be with the next step. Not what we will be next week, because like again, we can lie and say, hey, you wait till next week. You'll see me get out there and work with you guys no, now, 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 now. We don't want to also express ourselves as a memory or a husk of our former lived experience. Many of us have done wonderfully lovely things. I'm sure as we wind down in this body, I'm winding down myself at the age of 56. doesn't mean we have to stop. We may not run and burn as really as as hot as we were before. That engine might rev a little bit lower, but still, you know, one foot in front of the other, right? Now, we find this echoed in uh, psychological theory, in flow theory. Uh, This is from The Evolving Self by Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, uh, kind of the founder of flow theory, which echoes, as he self admits, you'll find such concepts in Stoicism and Zen and all wisdom through the ages. The quote is I shall be more than what I am. The self is never complete and finished. It is what I will do in the future that determines who I am, unquote. So, again, we have that concept if we stop and just really just live in our memories or the past or intentions for the future, but not really act. Acting on it, we're done. The, it's always an ever present mindfulness of where we are now and the action of now. It's not a mindfulness of watching my hand, you know, with the pen, holding the pencil. It's always what we're going to do, always, not just mere thoughts. It's the doing, it's the doing, it's the doing. See, often warriors or potential warriors are distracted from embracing tsa by concerns that will slough off at the end of our lives. So we're often distracted. We're, and these end of life concerns, uh, it's often far too late to make the best use of our potential. Uh, the end of life is a poor time to learn how to start living. Now, if we want to kill end of life regrets, it's best to find uh, what's the advice from people who at the end of life. We can't assume what's going to be important to us later, when right now, because we all seem to, you know, we we'll, might my, my, my ourselves in distractions, and well, maybe this will be important then too. Bonnie, I'm sorry, Bronnie Rare, her name is B-R-O-N-N-I-E, Bronnie Ware spent uh, time in palliative care, that is hospice care, caring for folks who are at the end of their lives. In learning from her end-of-life patient, she authored the book, Top Five Regrets of the Dying, a life transformed by the dearly departing. The book is is well worth a read, but in summary, the enumerated five can go a long way towards making now and this now and the next now, I'm talking about our nows, vital. And according to her, she's uh, put these into five different regrets. Regret number one, this quote, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. That's heartbreakingly sad when we think of it. I'm going to repeat that. Regret number one that she cataloged from those at the end. I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Now, if uh, we're the thinking sort, we should hear a lot of sadness in that and then perhaps turn the uh, the lens around and peer at ourselves. Regret number two, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Now, I'll read that as it's not uh, working so hard for goals. Whenever you dig into it deeper, it's worked so hard for the ambitions of others, not for the self, your own goals or, or for your family. Uh, I myself am continually shocked at how many people work hard for the agendas and ambitions of political parties or sports teams comprised of members who couldn't pick us out of a lineup of two, but postpone our very own ambitions to an unpromised future. So again, the regret number two, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. That's uh, usually mean for the aims of others. Is really how you you can finish off that clause there? Regret number three, I wish I would had the courage to express my feelings. Now that's big. We can read that as live out loud, love out loud. Sub-warriors are open-hearted warriors. Uh, there's often those regrets. How many times have we heard this uh, usually at uh, funerals or gatherings? You know, the last time I saw them, I had an unkind word. Or even if not, I was indifferent or we just didn't really do much. I didn't say anything and the next thing you know, they're gone. So again, I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. Because you just don't know, do we? Regret number four, I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends. Now, many use the friendship, uh, the false friendship of screens or the lulling laziness of the binge cue to suffice for true interaction. I mean, how many times have you heard this whenever you invite someone to do something? How many times have you said it yourself? No, not this time. Hit me again next time. It's far easier to say that than using sub, but nobody wishes for asses on couches or screens before eyes at the end of the life. Uh, Sebastian Younger, in his book Tribe, uses the phrase for choosing toys over people. We have bonded with our stuffed animals. And I love that because he's pointing out whenever we see a young child carrying around the stuffed animal and hugging it and clutching it all the time rather than hanging with real kids, it's cute and wonderful and adorable. There's nothing wrong with it at that point. When We see the same people today, you know, hugging uh, their phones and clutching them in the hands all, all the time or just waiting to get eyes on the screens and when there might be an opportunity for real life flesh and blood. Well, that's regret number four repeated again. I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends. Regret number five, I wish I'd let myself be happier. Say it again, I wish I'd let myself be happier. Now, if we are wise, we use the regrets of warriors of lost potential to be tender for our own soft fire. These people have seen what it's like at the end. We're only guessing what it's like at the end. If this is what they report from down the road, we're wise uh, to keep that in mind. I'm going to give you one single lyric from a song from, this is quite a transition, kids. A lyric from the Dub Pistol song, Keep Moving, which could be a saw anthem. The lyric is, don't stop, you got to keep moving. And, uh, you know, in fighting, you gotta roll with the punches. That's, uh. Uh, Spinning tires to keep the revs up, to eat the impact. Well, that's, uh, you know, for that metaphor, take a uh, listen to the podcast on Demolition Derby, which is also apt for this. And uh, whatever's next in life, it's uh, not what you were, uh, not what you're thinking about being, but what you're actually the doing that is next. Whether that next be the next adventure lived, the next project completed, the next foolish scheme embarked on, the next hug distributed, the next act of kindness sown, Warriors Live Now, capital N, now, because regrets will come far too soon. So, you want to be Tsa or downstream Tiniwa? Now, I've wagered if you've listened this far, Tsa is for you. Now, again, in the program, we go into great detail, right? And it's kind of the esoteric setting the stage for it. There's uh, some interesting internal exercises, drills, I guess you could call them, uh, ways to take this in life and to embrace it more. But I feel like I want to go ahead and throw this out here for the podcasters because I feel like already with the deathbed regrets and the, the concept of Tsa, it's enough to get us going. It's food for thought, a way to move on and live on. Well, that's it for today. As always, if you like what you've heard, continue on listening. There's more, more episodes out there. Like, subscribe to the podcast. Support it. if you'd mind to. Have a look over there at Black Box Training Resources at ExtremeSelfProtection.com. Yada, yada. Take care of yourself, kids. Live hard and have no regrets.